0: Our first reading today is from Luke 15, verses 11 to 24, the parable of the lost son. Jesus continued, there was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, set off for a distant country Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. Amen.
1: Future without fear. Amen. Amen. We continue our reading. And everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad. Because this brother of yours was dead. And is alive again. He was lost. And is now found.
2: Put yourself in the shoes of the elder son. In that parable that Jesus told. At the end of the parable his problems are Unresolved. Jesus leaves him standing on the doorstep, angry, furious with both his father and his estranged brother. What does he do? What would you do? Does he swallow his bitterness and his pride and go in and join the party, or at least make an effort to do that? Does he storm off into the night to get drunk with his friends? Does he end up being reconciled to his brother? Or is his relationship with his father broken now as well? How would you feel? How would you respond? The older brother had every reason to be resentful. The behaviour of both his younger brother and his father beggared belief. That younger brother of his, actually he disdained to call him his brother, referring him instead to his, as his father's other son. That good-for-nothing man had ruined the family estate. Looking back, he could see he'd never pulled his weight. His heart had never really been in it. But to go to their father and ask for his share of the inheritance now... Well, that was tantamount to saying he couldn't wait till his father was dead and buried. And instead of doing the sensible thing and sending him away with a flea in his ear, his indulgent father had granted the irresponsible son's request, carving up the estate to give him his share, which was a third of all the property, since the elder son got a double portion. And the young man had wasted no time in turning his share of the farm into cash. And before you knew it, he'd blown it all. He jetted off to some expensive luxury resort, throwing away every last penny on drink, gambling and women. Yes, once he was cut free from the restraining influence of his father, the young man showed his true colours and showed the entire world just how stupid and useless he was. And what was worse, he brought shame on the entire family because news filtered back about What was happening, how the young man was behaving and the elder brother was appalled. And people telling him what was going on were embarrassed on his behalf. The idea that his own flesh and blood could do that was utterly abhorrent to him and he felt tarnished by the whole episode. No longer was he treated with respect because he was his father's son. People thought of him as that wastrel's brother. And he could never forgive him for that. And there was the financial impact as well. Losing a third of the estate made a big difference to their way of life. Their productivity was slashed by a third, but many of their overheads remained the same. So they'd had to lay off a fair proportion of their workforce, which had been a profoundly disturbing and upsetting experience. Some local families had been reduced to penury because they couldn't get work elsewhere. And he felt awful about it, but there was nothing they could do. He'd done his best to try and keep the business going, He'd scarcely got any free time himself at all now. He spent long hours in the fields working dawn till dusk, desperately trying to get the work done. But the harsh reality was that this business, which his father had steadily built up and consolidated over so many years, was scarcely viable after taking such a big hit. There'd been no time to prepare for it. No time to to put in place plans to cope with losing a third of the estate. It had never been envisaged or foreseen. They'd all agreed on realistic, achievable goals and objectives for growth over the next few years. And his brother, fully aware of how destructive his behaviour was going to be, had pulled the plug and he just didn't care. And as for the old man, well, he'd actually become more and more of a liability himself as well. True, he wasn't getting any younger and you had to make allowances for that, but losing the younger son like that had been a real kick in the guts and had aged him prematurely. It was like the stuffing had been knocked out of him. And at first, the older son felt sorry for him, tried to sympathize and be supportive, but the old man had just been totally incapacitated by what had happened. It was like his heart was no longer in the business anymore, everything was falling on the older brother. The father had just lost interest, didn't seem to care anymore what happened to the estate. Now the younger son had disappeared, just spent his whole time pining for him. And that was hard for the older son who'd stayed loyal and worked hard. So over the years, the older son's attitude to his father had slowly changed from sympathy to frustration and then to something verging on contempt. the old man didn't seem to care that everything was going down the pan he was too locked up in his grief and the older son felt that it didn't matter how hard he worked to keep the show on the road his father his father just didn't love him as much as he loved the son who had betrayed them both and let them down so badly so why had the old man given in to the young man's request? Why hadn't he told him to pack his bags and send him off without a penny? That's what the older brother would have done, and over and over again he'd rehearsed in his mind exactly what he would have said had his brother come to him instead of to his father. And why hadn't his father simply cut the young man out of his heart? Why was there still a glimmer of affection for him after he treated them so abominably? And the more time went by, the more the older brother felt sidelined, unloved, unappreciated and increasingly angry and bitter. On dark days, he felt like selling his share of the estate and blowing it all like his brother had done because it was a thankless task, working day in, day out for a father who didn't seem to care and just wanted the younger son back again. Then there was that dreadful day when at the end of a long session in the fields, the elder son came home exhausted, as he always did, just wanting a quiet meal before he went to bed, and he found there was some kind of party going on. Music, dancing, lights ablaze, laughing, singing. As far as he knew, nothing had been planned. No one had told him it was a special occasion. It certainly wasn't anything in his honour, because he wasn't even there. This was his home and the fact that there was some kind of celebration going on to which he'd not been invited, and which he knew nothing about, he wasn't happy about that. And he didn't want to go in until he knew what was going on, but he felt like a bit of an idiot standing outside. So he asked a passing servant what was happening. And that's when he learned the bad news. His brother was back. Not only was his brother back... His father actually disgraced himself by taking him back without a word of rebuke. The elder son thought he detected something of a smirk in the servant who recounted how his, brother, his father had thrown dignity to the winds, running and then stumbling a good half mile down the road to throw his arms around the dirty, dishevelled, gaunt figure who was his youngest son. He'd been farming pigs, of all things. Sue and I went for a walk the other, the other week around about studying We took a shortcut which took us past the immense pig farm there is there and it stank. (laughs) Apparently the boy had trotted out some kind of carefully rehearsed apology that sounded very pious. Something about having sinned against heaven and against his father. He was no longer worthy to be called his father's son but the old man just didn't care. Hugging him with tears of relief and joy, bringing him back up to the house, calling for the best robe, putting his own signet ring on his finger, declaring that the fattened calf should be killed in his honour. In his honour! The boy who'd brought such shame on them all. Glancing in, the older brother caught sight of his sibling, wearing the best robe. That was his robe, actually. It was the first robe. He was entitled to wear that as the elder son on special occasions, and his brother was doing it. And he could see him laughing and talking and smiling, stuffing his face with the best cuts of beef, looking completely at home, while he, the elder brother, stood outside in the growing darkness. But the darkness in his heart and his mind was far greater and deeper. Someone told his father that he was standing outside and his dad came out to meet him and to welcome him inside. And he saw the smile die on the old man's face when the old man saw how furious he was. His older son was. And a bit of the the son hated himself for robbing his father of that joy. It had been so long since he'd seen his father happy. But all these years, despite his dedication and devotion and hard work, nothing he'd done had ever made his father happy like this. And that just made everything worse somehow. So he didn't hold back as he vented his anger. I worked for you for years like a slave I've always obeyed you. You've never even given me a little goat so that I could have dinner with my friends. And this other son of yours wasted your money on prostitutes and now he's come home, you ordered the best calf to be killed for a feast. Listening to him, I don't think he's particularly ready to take on board what his father has to say in response. He's just allowing years of resentment to pour out of his soul in an ugly, ugly, angry outburst. And his father is the epitome of weakness as he tries to bring reconciliation into his fractured family. My son, my son, you are always with me. Everything I have is yours. It's right that we should be glad and celebrate. Your brother was dead. But now he's alive. He was lost. Now he's found And for the father, that's the bottom line. Whatever's happened in the past, it doesn't matter now. The only thing that counts is having his son back again. It's like he's risen from the grave, and his father never stopped loving him for a moment. Actually, he never stopped loving either son. But his soul had been so overwhelmed by grief and sadness, somehow he'd never been able to show the older son how much he really loved him. And so here we see a family split apart, standing at the crossroads. What will happen? And Jesus doesn't tell us. He leaves the outcome hanging in the balance. What pushed them apart in the first place? In the younger son, it was his rebellious streak, his immaturity. Maybe he was one of those people who's over 18, but nowhere you're an adult yet. Maybe he'd always resented living in his brother's shadow because his older brother was so good, so dedicated, so hardworking, Put the younger brother to shame. And the older brother, he felt life was unfair because he always carried the lion's share of the responsibility, responsibility and commitment to the farm. He never felt he got any credit for that. He always felt the younger brother was his father's favourite. Standing outside the house that night, he found... In his heart, no love, no forgiveness, no capacity to love or forgive because these have been corroded by years of bitterness. And the father, the father is, is grief-stricken because the same night he gets one son back from the dead, he feels as if he's losing the other son. Simply because over the years he's been too preoccupied with his own grief to show the love and appreciation he needed. Selfishness, thoughtlessness, grief, anger, resentment, bitterness, favouritism. It's easy for these destructive forces to seep into our families, killing love, stifling forgiveness, shackling grace. And sometimes with the older brother, we stand outside and we wrestle with our emotions because we may feel totally justified in our anger. And we hear the Father's plea for understanding and compassion. And what do we do? Do we swallow our pride or do we stalk off into the night? And you look at this hurting family in Luke chapter 15 and you feel for them. Because the only hope is for them able actually to be able to see what's going on from the other person's point of view. How does the father feel? How does the older brother feel? How does the younger brother feel? To see and understand just how much hurt they've caused each other. To take that on board and... and express regret and apologise for it, to try and seek the grace to forgive, to try and make it work, to rescue something that's broken. Why did Jesus talk so much about forgiveness? It's because he knew that without it all our relationships are doomed to end in grief and anger, bitterness and pain. Forgiveness matters to God because God is the God who made us to live in relationships of love, trust, and commitment with each other. And to do that, you need forgiveness. We tend to think of the older brother as the bad guy. The one who hardened his heart against the younger brother coming home and his his dad's welcoming him back. Actually, the older brother is is a man desperately in need of healing. He needs to know that his dad loves him. He needs to know that his younger brother understands and takes responsibility for all the grief and pain he's caused. He needs to find the grace to let go of his anger and seek the path of forgiveness. He needs to stop seething long enough to listen and understand and take on board what his father Is saying. And what about you and your family? What do you need? Is it healing? Is it the grace to forgive? The grace to admit responsibility and to say, I'm really, really sorry? The ability to listen? The courage to, to turn around for whatever you've wandered off to and to head home again. Grace to relinquish your anger and resentment. The grace to go meekly to someone who's angry with you. The grace to admit the damage that you've caused. Sometimes maybe just the grace to cope with something that's broken and can't be mended. In a moment of quiet, let's seek that grace from God in our own situation.